This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. 2017 is going to be a volatile economic year. We may see politicians throughout the world attempting to control central bank policies. Several renowned financial analysts have warned that political interference in central bank policies may mean our economic misses of inflation and growth targets. Gold is an international currency that can't be issued or controlled by governments. If you don't have the only hard currency that has outlasted every politician and every failed idea of governments for centuries, you need to speak to Goldline right now and learn how easy it is to add gold to your portfolio or IRA. Now is the time to diversify your financial portfolio by adding gold. Call 1-800-913-GOLD. Buying real gold is easy and fast at Goldline. And you're going to be happy that you finally made the call. 1-800-913-4653. Goldline also offers price protection against short-term market fluctuations on qualifying purchases. So buy with confidence. Read Goldline's important risk information and find out if buying gold is right for you. Call Goldline. 1-800-913-4653. Breaching the fault lines of today. Welcome to Reform This with Dr. Zudi Jezer on the Blaze Radio Network. This is Dr. Zudi Jezer. Welcome back to another episode this week of Reform This on the Blaze Radio Network. It's always great to be with you. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for subscribing. If you subscribe and listen weekly, and if this is your first time, I hope it's a place that you find a Muslim who's rational, a Muslim who's an American patriot, and a Muslim who's ready to take on political Islam and all of its tentacles, all of its ideas and its foundations. Well, another week has gone by, and there's a lot to talk about, but this week what I want to do is focus on, you know, we've talked before about the Muslim Brotherhood, we've talked about the organization itself and whether or not it should be labeled a foreign terrorist organization. I do believe that the Mothership Brotherhood is a terrorist organization, and we're going to get into some of that again. But I don't want to spend too much time about whether it's an FTO, but what I want to do is sort of do a primer, a primer on the Muslim Brotherhood. What is it? What is it not? How do you tell who's brotherhood, who's not? Do they have cards? Do they carry cards or labels? What's their ideology? And there's no better place to start than recent signs that, and uh, you know, hats off again to Clarion Project and uh, Ryan Morrow for uh, writing this week on February 28th at the Clarion Project that uh, an Arabic article, which was originally picked up by Eric Traeger of the Washington Institute on Near East Affairs, Clarion translates it, and it basically says, according to a official in Sudan, a Muslim Brotherhood official in Sudan, that he tells an Arab newspaper that the group's international leadership has launched a major PR campaign to influence the United States media, and members of Congress to oppose the designation of the Muslim Brotherhood as a foreign terrorist organization. There's a lot of fear. These groups are intimidated by the fact that the Trump administration is going to likely, as recommended by Senator Cruz a couple of years ago, label the Muslim Brotherhood as a terrorist organization. And so what more do they want to do? He then claims, the Sudanese official claims that they are dumping $5 million 
The author of the article reported, according to Ryan Morrow of the Clarion Project, that according to sources within the Brotherhood, the group has spent $5 million on the PR campaign, with contracts being signed last month. Individuals close to the Muslim Brotherhood, officials in touch with PR firms, individuals close to Hillary Clinton, put the Brotherhood officials in touch with PR firms. Wow. Wow. And let me connect some dots for you. Then we're going to talk, you and I, about an op-ed that appeared from Jamal al-Haddad, Jihad al-Haddad, in which he said, Why? I'm a Muslim brother in prison under el-Sisi, but I'm not a terrorist. And you look at Jihad al-Haddad's history, and sure enough, who did he work for? The Clinton Climate Initiative. The Clinton Climate Initiative. And we'll talk later about him, but there's connections here. So, without a doubt, the Muslim Brotherhood's nervous. They realize that while they've already been designated a terror group by the Saudis, by the Emiratis at the UAE, the question is, why are they so afraid of the United States labeling them an FTO? Well, they realize that when the free world, the world's most influential press, labels them a terrorist organization, it's almost game over. Now, I'm not in any way defending the torture, the, the, what was done to those who were part of a party that was elected in Egypt democratically. I was against the coup in Egypt, the second coup after the second revolution. I did not think, I think that the Tunisian way of defeating Al-Nahda, which was the Muslim Brotherhood, was a much more effective way through a democratic evolution, another revolution that evolved into an opposition to the Islamists of Al-Nahda that was able to oust them on December 31st, 2014 through a regular old election. That's a much better way to defeat them. And yet, when the Brotherhood ran the government in Egypt, it became very obvious that they're a terrorist group by the way that they operated. The way that they operated. But I'm not going to waste time right now in, in, in getting into details of what the Brotherhood did in Tunisia, what they did in Egypt. But what I want you to understand is a primer on who they are. It is important to note that they're going to spend $5 million on their PR campaign. They're going to write op-eds. They're going to do interviews. I've already started to notice this. There seems to be... And you know, they're, you have to give them credit. They're engaging their antagonists. I find a, a few more queries from Arabic media, especially Al Jazeera, which supposedly reports say 90% of Al Jazeera employees based out of Qatar, known to be deeply, deeply rooted and synergistic and symbiotic with the Muslim Brotherhood, with Al Qardawi, one of the globes, one of the world's global leading fonts of Muslim Brotherhood ideologies and sympathies. There have been a slew of articles that have come out, according to Ryan, and I think he's exactly correct. The Brotherhood thanked its leaders in Turkey and Qatar for defending the organization. 
and yet Egypt, the United Arab Emirates, Bahrain, and Saudi Arabia designated them a brotherhood terrorist organization. And there's been discussions about its fronts, its lobby in the United States, and that its lobbies can be influential at many different fronts. And I think Ryan ends with a, a, a very poignant comment, which is, what is up with the West, with the American media being so afraid, rightly so, of Russian influence in our campaigns and in our media, with cyber warfare, but yet Muslim Brotherhood influence? We see Hillary Clinton handing over the keys to major PR firms to give them influence. Just wacky. And the Brotherhood is part of a worldwide political movement that's theocratic, that wants to see the institution of Sharia law where Muslims are a majority. So, then enter this week an op-ed by Jihad al-Haddad that says at the New York Times, Oh, and we wonder how we got that published. Must have been a PR firm that they hired that got them placed. Because I've submitted no less than 10 op-eds to the New York Times. Rejection after rejection. The New York Times pushed back and libeled and slandered our documentary, The Third Jihad, in 2012. Clarion Project responded. I narrated it, and they seemed to claim it was a hate documentary. Why? Oh, because we were critical of the projects of the Muslim Brotherhood in the West, the explanatory memorandum, the radicalization process in which Islamist groups, Muslim Brotherhood legacy groups, operate in Europe and the United States. We laid that out in our 72-minute documentary. And they claim that it was a bigoted, anti-Muslim, Islamophobic documentary that was used to train the New York Police Department. But, you know, they had five above-the-fold stories within a week on the third jihad, and they did not have the journalistic integrity to interview me, to even mention my name, or that, and the reason it's relevant is when it's narrated by a Muslim reformer and the American Islamic Forum for Democracy is involved, it's hard to say that it's Islamophobic unless they can prove that I'm, or, or try to prove that I'm not a Muslim or that I don't love my faith. So, point is, is that we responded to the New York Times, we tried to get published in our responses, letters to the editors, repeatedly, but we couldn't. Jihad al-Haddad, as he says in Torah Egypt, I write this from the darkness of solitary confinement in Egypt's most notorious prison, where I've been held for more than three years. I'm forced to write these words because an inquiry is underway in the U.S. regarding charges at the Muslim Brotherhood, an organization to which I've devoted years of my life as a terrorist group. So this Islamist militant can write an op-ed sitting in a prison in Cairo, or I'm sorry, in Torah, Egypt. And many of us Muslim reformers cannot even get accepted for publication while I get published in Washington Times, Wall Street Journal. I've written in the uh, Washington Post, BeliefNet, left and right. Never been in the New York Times. This guy sitting in a prison because of his connections to Hillary Clinton gets published 
in the New York Times. When we come back, let's look at what he said. And let's not forget this op-ed by the Muslim Brotherhood Terrorist Organization was preceded by an op-ed a week ago that equated from the editorial board of the New York Times that equated vilifying the Muslim Brotherhood as vilifying all of Islam globally. This is Udi Jasser. We'll be right back on Reform This. You're listening to Reform This with Dr. Zudi Jezer. The Blaze Radio Network. The progressive movement is full of lies. Why do Americans keep falling for the deception? In his new book, Liars, Glenn Beck reveals the simple answer, fear. At our most basic level, we're all afraid of something. And progressives exploit this by offering us solutions to our fears. Solutions based on lies and an unrelenting hunger for power and control. Understanding the roots of these lies is key to helping us stop the disease of progressivism. Liars by Glenn Beck. On sale now at glennbeck.com slash liars. Reform This with Dr. Zudi Jasser. This is Dr. Zudi Jasser. Welcome back to Reform This on the Blaze Radio Network. It's always great to be with you. And this week we're taking a deep dive into what is the Muslim Brotherhood, what is a primer on the Muslim Brotherhood, and what is going on with this PR campaign led by the New York Times, surprise, surprise, doing the laundering, the whitewashing of a global terror organization based out of Egypt, the motherland of the Muslim Brotherhood, the Sunni version of political Islam, Islamism. What is Islamism? Islamism is the belief, the inspiration that an ideology, a national party, a political movement can be based in Islamic law, in Islamic theological discourse of public law, Sharia, and the identity of the state is based in that faith. So thus, Islamic state identity, not only ISIS, Saudi Arabia, Islamic Republic of Pakistan, Sunni states believe that the party should be political and Islamic, and that's what the Muslim Brotherhood is. It is a the mothership of the modern movement of political Islam. And, make no mistake, its motto defines itself as being a terror organization. Allah is our objective, the Prophet is our leader, the Qur'an is our law, jihad is our way, dying in the way of Allah is our highest hope. Jihad bi sabilillah is our highest hope, the jihad and the way of God, and dying. So, a motto that has withstood over a hundred years, almost a hundred years, since 1928, since its foundation, is about dying through jihad. Do you think that's just sort of by cancer, or is that by violence, or by war? Its motto is not about peace and freedom and democracy. Its motto is about dying through war to achieve God's law, according to these monsters. And as we ended the last segment, Jihad al-Haddad, the spokesperson for the Muslim Brotherhood. And let's look, let's take a little deeper dive into his bio. Born in Egypt, 1981, he's a media spokesperson for the Brotherhood, son of Isam al-Haddad, a member of the Brotherhood's Guidance Bureau. Jihad grew up in Alexandria. He studied marketing and filmmaking in the UK on a 
Shevening scholarship and worked for Amr Khalid. Amr Khalid is this sort of pop oh, expert on Islam and Sharia who has a program in Egypt with millions of followers. He returned to Egypt working for the Industrial Modernization Center and then the Clinton Climate Initiative. Oh, so wait. New York Times op-ed Clarion Project talks about an Arab article from a Sudanese Muslim Brotherhood member who said they're going to put $5 million into a global PR campaign. Word is that the Clinton folks gave the Brotherhood who they had met with in Egypt and who I can tell you, by the way, when I served on the U.S. Commission on Religious Freedom, went to Egypt once, met with the Brotherhood leaders that happened to be leading at the time, thanks to the revolution, which was good, but then no thanks to the inability of the Egyptian people to unite against the Brotherhood, but then they did that very well a year and a half later. But at the time, the Clinton administration, sorry, the Obama administration, previously Secretary Clinton and then soon-to-be Secretary Kerry, said, they, oh, they had to follow the will of the people, the democratic will. So wait a minute. It's okay for Hamas, no, maybe not, it's not, but we label Hamas a foreign terrorist organization, which is the Brotherhood. And they were democratically elected, but that didn't make them shed their terror identity because they are terrorists. But then in Egypt, we, we, we ignore the fact that the Muslim Brotherhood's roots, its ideology, and its motto defines terrorism. No, we ignore that. And never mind the acts of violence committed in Egypt, as I discussed with them, the uh, scores of churches bombed, burned, Christians, cops killed, and especially when the second revolution happened, the acts of violence in August after the July 2013 revolution, And that then led to a number of acts of violence throughout Egypt, not only in Cairo, but in surrounding areas that were felt to be coordinated. And then many of them were rounded up. Now, again, I'm not defending the techniques of el-Sisi, who has turned out to be also an authoritarian tyrant, preventing free speech, preventing religious freedom, allowing impunity by vigilantes who commit acts of wanton violence and state-sponsored terror. But the other side of that coin is the Islamist terror group, the Muslim Brotherhood. And I do believe the Muslim Brotherhood of Egypt is a terror organization. There's a lot of evidence out there about it. They've also created and been the, the uh, founding fathers of groups like Al-Qaeda, like Hamas, which is a Brotherhood organization and like ISIS. Look at Syria, the Muslim Brotherhood may claim to be working against ISIS, but the ideology is very similar. They have common enemy, obviously, with Assad and the Shia jihadists of the Khomeinists. But their method of rule, Sharia law, their method of degradation of women, degradation of other minorities, and dissenting Muslims is very similar. Now back to Al-Haddad's op-ed in the New York Times this week, this pathetic propaganda that was printed in an American publication. Now listen, he has a free, he has a right to do this and write this in, in free speech, but 
Does a major American paper have the need to become a tool for Islamist movements globally? I'd love to know if the New York Times received any money. Now, obviously, that's not the way they do business, but when the Brotherhood is paying major PR firms connected to the to the Clintons, what is... There's quid pro quo in that swamp, isn't there? This guy claims in his op-ed... Since our inception, we and the Brotherhood have been engaged in politically in institutions of our country as well as socially to address the direct needs of the people. And he goes on to explain how it's all Muslim Brotherhood. Oh, no, no, no. It's all about social programs. It's not about violence. We worked with independent pro-democracy organizations. He said, during the one-year nascent democracy in Egypt, we were dedicated to reforming state institutions to harbor further democratic rule. We were unaware of the pushback we received from hardliners in these institutions. Are you kidding me? The Brotherhood wanted a constitution put into place that was an Islamist Sharia state contract that, that empowered theocracy. Criticism of the president was equivalent to criticism of Islam. Blasphemy laws became more empowered. Apostasy laws became more empowered. And yet he publishes this trash as the Islamist Pravda the New York Times has become. And by the way, this op-ed from Al-Haddad is on the heels from one week earlier, a New York Times op-ed that said it is equivalent to declaring war on the entirety of the Muslim world if we declare the Muslim Brotherhood a terrorist organization. So therefore, their logic is that to take on the Brotherhood is like taking on all of Islam. Could you imagine before 1789, it would be like saying in the 15th, 16th, 17th century to take on the Christian uh, uh, Church of England, the established churches that were pushing theocracy to canonic law, to take these folks on would be like taking on all of Christianity. And even if you were, would that be not have been a good thing for mankind that created the greatest country on the planet based on this fight against theocracy, which is the United States of America? Haddad goes on in his op-ed, we've had long heard that violent groups were spawned by the Brotherhood or were offshoots. This is wildly misleading. In the cases where people did leave the Muslim Brotherhood to embrace violence, they did so specifically because they found no path in our philosophy, vision, or society for such extremism. So he is he is admitting that they basically are very similar to these groups like Hamas or Al-Qaeda, but they just shooed them off or eschewed them because they were violent. But the, the doctrine, the axis... The axis of their ideology is Islamism, Sharia supremacism, the oppression of minorities. He doesn't dismiss any of that. He doesn't talk about their motto. The Muslim Brotherhood has devoted the large part of its involvement in public life to providing social service programs, he says. And his only regret at the end is that political maneuvering created distance between us and the people. 
we've long lived to serve. A hard lesson from the Arab Spring. Are you kidding me? The hardest lesson is the one we've ignored, that your Islamist movements have filled in the vacuums of the Middle East. It is pathetic that the New York Times felt appropriate to publish this trash because you need, I hope you can understand, what is the root, the source, the primer, if you will, of what is the Muslim Brotherhood. The Muslim Brotherhood, if you want to know about it, is talked about in Milestones. The book of Sayyid Qutb, in which he talks about what his dreams are for creating Islamic states. If you look at the chapters of Milestones, he begins in his quote before he was hanged by Nasser, August 29, 1966. And by the way, history is repeating itself. These dictators versus the Islamists has been the two binary choices in the Middle East forever, and it, it not forever, for the last century at least, if not more, and it will continue until we find a third path. But he said, I performed jihad for 15 years until I earned the shahada or martyrdom. So here's the founding father of the Muslim Brotherhood ideology, Sayyid Qutb, that trained and his prod, prodigy, his progeny was Al-Banna, Hassan Al-Banna, who was really the party apparatus leader, the founding party apparatus, but the intellectual founding father was Sayyid Qutb, Q-U-T-B. Ma'alam fil-tariq, or milestones. Tariq is the way, the path that you'll see forward. The signposts on the way to the Islamic State, basically. You can search it, find his book online. It opens with his biography, the Quranic method, what is jihad, the characteristics of an Islamic society, the universal law, Islam as the only real civilization. He demonizes Western civilization as being the enemy, secularism as being the enemy, and hedonism. And he talks about the faith triumphant and the need to establish God's dominion on earth through the road to that society away from secularism. This is Milestones. And if you want to know the Brotherhood, read that. That is what they do. They'll do it peacefully and they'll do it violently when necessary. But their core ideology is that motto. So, I don't care if they condemn or shoot violence or not. Until they completely abandon, and they would no longer be the Brotherhood, they'd be secular groups, until they completely abandon Islamism as an ideology. So what is the Brotherhood? When we come back, I'm going to talk to you about how do you tell which groups in America are Brotherhood. Again, I don't think nonviolent Brotherhood groups should be made illegal because it's like saying Islamism. It's an ideology. Muslim Brotherhood is the political apparatus or name in Egypt for Islamist groups. So I don't think making them... In Egypt, the Brotherhood has a long enough history that's clearly a terror organization. But abroad, in London with its offices, I think you need to prove that they sanction and directly call for acts of terror. But that's another conversation. What I want to do is tell you about how do you tell the difference? How do you know who the Islamists are? And this is Zudi Jasser. When we come back, we'll do that.
You're listening to Reform This with Dr. Zudi Jezer. The Blaze Radio Network. Don't miss the Chris Salcedo Show. President Trump speaks before a joint session of Congress. It's reported the Democrats are planning some stunts. <laughs> what else is new? The entire ideology is based on propaganda and meaningless gestures. We'll have a complete wrap of the president's comments and any Democrat shenanigans coming up on the Chris Salcedo Show. What do you think? Will some lib extremist yell, you lie? I wouldn't put it past them. The Chris Salcedo Show, weekdays at 2 p.m. Eastern on the Blaze Radio Network. This is Dr. Zudi Jasser. This is Dr. Zudi Jasser. Welcome back to another segment of Reform This. It's great to always be with you. And this week I'm giving you a little primer on the Muslim Brotherhood. It's a the mothership of political Islam, of Islamic platforms, Islamic parties, Islamic state identity movements. It won an election in Egypt but then was defeated in a second revolution. Now, unfortunately, they didn't just have an election and try to defeat it the right way. The LCC military, the deep state autonomous military, decided to do it by coup. So again, they became the perennial victims. They claimed to do just social programs when in fact, like any fascist movement, it will often try to make it seem like they bring services and money and entitlements in a socialist way to provide services. Hamas does it. ISIS even does it. The brother They learned that from the Muslim Brotherhood. And currently, they're spending tons of money in hyper-overdrive. They just finished eight years of being very close to power with the legacy groups in America. And I call them legacy groups because in America we don't have religious parties. The Muslim Brotherhood has offices in London And even with that, it still operates a lot of offshoots like the Muslim Council of Britain and others that uh, are are pretty much obviously brotherhood groups, but they don't call themselves that. So just like any ideology in America, we have the National Socialist Party, but the Democratic Party, I believe, has a lot of socialist elements to it, entitlements, um, the seizing of of your income through as high a taxation as possible. Uh, the elements of socialism that are classically part of the Socialist Party. is that Are the Democrats the Socialist Party? Not at all. Uh, they disagree on many things and they agree on some things. But socialism is rampant. So when you look at the Brotherhood, I would say similarly in a theocratic mindset. The ism is Islamism. The identity movement is an Islamic state identity. Their patriotism is not to the national ethnic state or ideological patriotic state. Their patriotism is to an Islamic state that uses the secular borders in order to help create this global caliphate, a united caliphate. It's similar to the Khomeinis of the Shia movement. Now the offshoots, the, remember I told you, the, the um, founding father of modern Islamism in the 20th century was Sayyid Qutb and his student Hassan al-Banna. Now, another student was Mawlan Maududi, 
and Maududi was the head, the founding father of Jamaat Islamiyyah, the Islamic party, the Islamic movement, the Islamic group of Pakistan, the Islamic Republic of Pakistan. And that movement was a Sharia supremacist Islamist movement. And you see the tentacles of these two major global movements that were in the motherships of Egypt and Pakistan from the Muslim world that influenced a lot of the emigration into the West. And the goal for a lot of the Muslims who escaped somewhat was two things. One was escaping dictatorship. They were being tortured and imprisoned by vicious socialist ethnic Arabist dictators like Jamal Abdel Nasser and the military dictators in Pakistan. But when they came to the West, it wasn't about being free or embracing liberty. It was about evangelizing their Islamism, evangelizing their political Islam. So the Muslim Brotherhood was and is a textbook, textbook organization of patience. Because to them, life is but a dot in a longer line of their soul, and what happens on earth is of little consequence. They mix theological belief, and especially a sense in their motto of dying in the cause of Allah, of jihad in the cause of Allah, as being their dream. Their dream. Jihad is our way. Quran is our law. The Prophet is our leader. Dying in their cause is our dream. That's a terrorist organization, but also one that can fuel its viral growth by connecting itself to a sense of death in the hereafter. And that's what ISIS does. That's what Al-Qaeda does. That's how it gets terrorist suicide bombers to do things that are violent with dehumanizing individuals that don't belong to their supremacist mindset, especially other Muslims, or as also obviously non-Muslims as they target Christians, Jews, atheists, and others as blasphemers and apostates and enemies of the state. Now, there's been so much published in the past few weeks about the Brotherhood just result because the president is finally, we have a president that's finally beginning to articulate what needs to happen in the designation of the Brotherhood in Egypt as a foreign terrorist organization. I hope they don't do it globally. I would disagree with that. I think we can't fight them if we push them underground in lands of the free. Now, if they have offshoots, uh, individuals that claim that endorse acts of terror, then we should jail them. Then we should shut them down. The Washington Post, just as the New York Times that had a series of apologetic, the Washington Post ran an attempt again to say that the 1991 explanatory memorandum, which was part of the document, verified documents of the Holy Land Foundation trial in Dallas in 2008 and 2009, that calls for a civilizational jihadist process. And we talked about this in the third jihad documentary that I participated in with the Clarion Foundation. But basically, as John Rosamondo writes in the investigative project, again reminding us, this week, about all of the false information coming from Georgetown. And again, it came from the Bridge Initiative that helped fuel some of the propaganda. But the FBI report in 88 
identifies the Islamic side of North America, the North American Islamic Trust, and the Islamic Institute of Thought, the International Islamic Institute of Thought, officials as members and leaders of the Ikhwan, or the Brotherhood. And the Muslim American Society is the same. The author of the primary document used to identify this was Muhammad Akram, who played a prominent role in the Palestine Committee. And he was identified in that 1991 document. And it's dismissed as a oh, conspiratorial document of just nonsense from far-right Islamophobes. And again, the New York Times echoes that by their editorial saying that anyone who criticizes the Brotherhood will be labeled and is an Islamophobe. Are you kidding me? They are bigots in the approach to Muslims by saying that we who reject the Brotherhood, we who want to expose them as the fascist, supremacist, misogynists that they are, anti-Semites that they are, are the ones who are the problem. They talk about diversity, and yet their diversity is one monolithic attempt to whitewash Islamist fascist movements. The connections are there. And at the end of the day, you look at this memo, look at the organizations that follow. The Chicago Tribune had a significant piece called The Secret Network, Secretive Network of the American Muslim Brotherhood. And it talked about the Muslim American Society and how its programs paralleled, paralleled the programs of the Muslim Brotherhood in Egypt with raising or tarbiya programs, with, with programs that also mirrored the Islamic circle of North America that was from Jamaat Islamiyah of Maududi who was also trained and, and sympathetic and ideologically very, very close to the Sayyid Qutb and Hassan al-Banna font of, of, of training ideologically. Members of the Egyptian Americans for Freedom and Justice and Egyptian Americans for Democracy and Human Rights openly display their brotherhood loyalties on Facebook, according to Rasamando at the, at the Investigative Project in Terrorism. And there are many examples of these individuals affiliated, showing ideologies and methods of training that are Islamist and theocratic in their mindset. Akram's memo talked about a strategic plan. And all I can tell you is, if you want to understand, if you look at the book of Siddiqui, Shamim Siddiqui was a past da'wah or evangelical director of the Islamic Circle of North America. And he offered Islam as the solution. And it's still recommended for the Islamic Circle of North America as recommended reading for their members. And if you look at Siddiqui's book, The Methodology of Da'wah, Rosamando talks about Siddiqui arguing that Islam should be made dominant in the United States through the work of Muslim organizations. Muslims should help Americans view Islam as an alternative way of life for the problems of the day. And in his book, The Revival, evangelizing the American intelligentsia will result in a demand for an Islamic society and state, he wrote. So, the Islamic Circle of North America, putting ads all over the country that puts billboards that say, know your Muslim neighbor, that, that say that they are a moderate organization, they're nonviolent, they condemn ISIS, 
And yet here you have a Sunni Islamist group with books on their websites being sold that talk about wanting to make America into an Islamic state. And when they're called on it, they say, well, it's just like any other religion. And when you ask them to criticize the violent acts of Hamas, the violent acts of the Muslim Brotherhood that burned churches in Egypt, that committed acts of violence and condoned them when they were pushed back against the wall, they won't do it. They go silent here. They find excuses and they say, well, that's not us. So they create a degree of separation in order to have plausible deniability, but yet the ideology, think about this not in religious terms, think about it in political terms. These are political parties. Just like the socialists look at the same ideas, if you want to understand the Muslim Brotherhood, understand their ideas. Understand their ideas. So these groups in America... Many of them, most of the Islamic groups in America are part of this Muslim Brotherhood legacy groups. And on the Shia side, Khomeinist legacy groups. Now, there's less of those because of the sanctions we had against, this, against the Iranian regime and thus buildings, mosques, etc. are prohibited. I mean, look what happened to the Levy Foundation in, in New York. Billion do- half a billion dollar operation that was shut down because of their violation of the sanctions. Well, now, I hope President Trump re- re- reverses what the damage that Valerie Jarrett and President Obama did in that nuclear deal, and Ben Rhodes and the State Department, etc., and the lifting of the sanctions that may open up the influence. I mean, the last thing I think at this segment I wanted to mention is, you know, what is the Saudi, if the Saudi government declares the Brotherhood a terror organization, What are the Saudis doing fueling the spread of of Islamist Muslim Brotherhood legacy groups? It's about dawah, it's about evangelism, it's about they'll help them spread as long as they're not inside their own prison there in Saudi Arabia. What's outside will eventually allow the domination of Western influence through the use of Islam as an anesthetic, if you will. To them, Not my Islam, but certainly the Islam of political Islam and an identity movement so that Islamophobia is feared and can be used as a label to suppress free speech. This is Udi Jasser and we'll be right back with our last segment of Reform This. Reform This with Dr. Zudi Jasser. Reaching the fault lines of today. The Blaze Radio Network. 2017 is going to be a volatile economic year. We may see politicians throughout the world attempting to control central bank policies. Several renowned financial analysts have warned that political interference in central bank policies may mean our economic misses of inflation and growth targets. Gold is an international currency that can't be issued or controlled by governments. If you don't have the only hard currency that has outlasted every politician and every failed idea of governments for centuries, you need to speak to Goldline right now and learn how easy it is to add gold to your portfolio or IRA. Now is the time to diversify your financial portfolio by adding gold. Call 1-800-913-GOLD. Buying real gold is easy and fast at Goldline. And you're going to be happy that you finally made the call. 1-800-913-4653. Goldline also offers price protection against short-term market fluctuations on qualifying purchases. So buy with confidence. Read Goldline's important risk information and find out if buying gold is right for you. Call Goldline. 1-800-913-4653. 
Reaching the fault lines of today. This is Reform This with Dr. Zudi Jasser on the Blaze Radio Network. This is Dr. Zudi Jasser. Welcome back to Reform This on the Blaze Radio Network. This is our last segment. Thank you for staying with me. And as you go to sleep tonight, think about whether we are even on the playing field, whether we are involved at all in an offense, not only a defense against the evangelical war that the Muslim Brotherhood and its global movement is doing by trying to deceive us into thinking they're not about terrorism, by trying to deceive us into thinking that it's just about diversity, when in fact within the Muslim Brotherhood movement, their party, their leadership is all conservative, fundamentalist, single interpretations of Islam with no liberalism, with no secularism, with no freedom of thought, no critical thinking, very few to any, if any at all, women, let alone the equality of men and women. So as you go to sleep tonight, think about, well, you know, you can dismiss the New York Times, oh, they're just a leftist propaganda arm. But it's beyond that. The Washington Post, the Saudi money in the West, the Bridges Initiative, George Georgetown's cooperation with the Muslim Center, Muslim Christian Center for Understanding, which is funded by the Saudi Prince Bin Talal, Walid, other organizations that are liberal seem to feel that any criticism. So, so is any criticism of the Muslim Brotherhood commensurate with? criticism of Islam. Now, to the naysayers out there, that's what they think. They think basically that Islam is the brotherhood, so let's at least moderate the Islamism so that it's non-violent. Do the Shadi Hamid thing, which we've talked about on this podcast, of Islamic exceptionalism. Let them have their theocracy as long as they don't bring it here. And Muslims are just 1% of the population in America, so that's never going to happen here. So let them continue to oppress their own in the 56 countries they dominate. I'm sorry, but not only is that un-American, but you will relegate those countries to oppression, to no free markets, and I think ultimately it will hurt us. They will not want to work with us. They will never be our democratic allies. And people there do not want theocracy. They want freedom. They want liberty. Now, do they have interpretations of Islam? I don't think they... There are many scholars who I think agree with secular thought as being the best way to practice your faith. But that needs reform. It needs a new school of legal thought. And that's the only way to counter the Brotherhood political movement is to have the underlying foundations of religious interpretations that reject political Islam and the fact that the Prophet wore the head of being the head of a party or state the messenger of God, and also the head of a military, we have to begin to develop new paradigms, new inventions or ideas in our faith that separate those roles. And to say that the prophet could not have separated those, I've talked about that in a previous podcast, I think he could. If he were alive today, I believe he would. There was no secular state in which the leaders separated those roles in the 7th century when he existed. So, as you think about American security, and you wonder when 
if President Trump will make us safer. We can defeat ISIS in a month or two, six months, and then there'll be another radical group if we do not realize that the only long-term stability in the Middle East will be the end of those dictatorships and the rise of the Arab awakening. We will never feel safe. It will go from Al-Qaeda to ISIS, Jamaat Islamiyya, Hamas, Jabhat al-Nusra, etc., etc. will keep coming back until Islam goes through that separation of mosque and state. And the Muslim Brotherhood embodies the greatest obstacle on the Sunni side of the ability to separate mosque and state. We have to breach that obstacle. This podcast is about breaching that divide. And I think it starts with labeling them a terror organization in Egypt, but it also starts with understanding when you engage Muslim groups, it's not about labeling them Muslim Brotherhood. Are they Islamists? If they're Islamists, they might as well be Muslim Brotherhood. Again, it's like political in America. If they're Democrats, they're going to be very close to being socialists. Are they socialists? Might not be, maybe. But we know what socialism is. It's an economic formula of nanny state thought, collectivist thought, depriving citizens of property rights, seizing their taxes, their income, their property. In various levels and severity is, is, is socialism. In various levels and severity of Islamism is to what extent these Muslims will, who believe in Islamic state mentality, will invoke Sharia and government in their institutions. And our Muslim Reform Movement declaration is the only two-page declaration that I think stands as a firewall as an antiseptic to Muslim Brotherhood ideas. So, in this last segment, I think it's important that you remember, if you want to discern who's a Brotherhood member, who's not, who believes in the ideology, they may not be carrying a card, but who believes in these ideologies, which groups, and the care members will tell you, oh, we have nothing to do with the Brotherhood, that's an Egyptian group. Well, Find out how much they've written against Islamism. Why won't they sign our Muslim Reform Movement declaration that condemns the caliphate, that condemns all Islamic states, that condemns violent jihad, the motto? What does CARE say about the motto of the Muslim Brotherhood? Dying by the way of jihad is our way. Uh, Jihad bi sabid Allah is our way that we want to die through. What do they say about that? What do they say about women's rights being equal, getting half a vote of a man? These things are not only ways to define fundamentalist Muslims, but the Islamic party of the Muslim Brotherhood has these core principles. CARE's inability to criticize Hamas is not only about their sympathies about the Hamas movement, it is because not only they came from that group, but their constituency is Islamist in America. So they don't want to offend the folks sending them donations who watch them on press TV and watch them on Syrian TV and Al Jazeera and other Middle Eastern media outlets that are fascist and propagandist, but it's about offending their followers. I don't care what Islamists think, so I'm going to be open and criticize them. Those guys do, so they may or may not be Islamists for the most part. Obviously, their leadership is, but they're pandering also to the Islamist movements that are huge, domestically and abroad. Now, domestically, I think the numbers are probably around 15, 20, 25% of Muslims, but 
could be anywhere from 60 to 80% of those active in Muslim organizations. 80 to 90% of Muslims, according to the Pew poll, are not active in American Muslim organizations because they reject identity politics, because they reject the imams and the leadership of our Muslim groups, and they don't want to hear Islamist political lectures and anti-American propaganda, anti-Semitic and anti-Israel propaganda. So they repel from the Islamist ideologues. It is very easy for me as a Muslim, an activist, who's knee-deep in this, as all of us in the Muslim reform movement, to tell who are the Islamists and thus, quote-unquote, Muslim Brotherhood, Ikhwan, and who are the non-Islamists. It's an ideology. You can tell if you're a free market person who are the socialists and the communists and the collectivists on the left. So, it's not that hard. The primer... Learn Sayyid Qutb. Look at milestones. It's freely available on the, web, on the web. You can download it. Learn the Islamic Society of North America. Learn what the Islamic Circle of North America and the Modudi doctrine that they taught in that organization. Learn what the chapters of the Muslim American Society are and how tarbiyah, teaching, the raising of their kids, which is what that word in Arabic means, their youth programs, uh, mirror the youth programs of the Muslim Brotherhood in Egypt. Write to the New York Times, tell them that their defense of the Muslim Brotherhood and constant propaganda for them is gross, sickening, and un-American. And they need to highlight other voices. If they truly believe in diversity, they need to highlight other voices in our faith community that reject the Muslim Brotherhood, that reject Islamism, and are not apologists. And last... Please, regardless of what you believe about the Brotherhood, do not believe that the condemnation of the Muslim Brotherhood is going to lead to, or somehow we should be afraid of antagonizing large swaths of Muslims who are Islamists. Yes, you may antagonize, and they will intentionally make you think that you're antagonizing Islamists. But that's how they suppress you from advancing ideas of liberty that are the best, the best antidote to political theocratic Islam liberal, free-thinking, individualist Islam is the only way forward for most Muslims. And we need to stand up, and I think the rest of the world needs to start acknowledging that the Brotherhood in the West and certain non-violent permutations may not be terror organizations, but they certainly are in that orbit. They certainly are theocratic supremacist groups, and they are not compatible with American ideas. You can pick them out. You can realize what they stand for. And we need to start having Muslims debate each other. Liberals versus Islamists. Seculars versus theocrats. Start to have this debate. And no longer let our media arms use Muslims as a partisan politic. You know, I saw some of the Muslims on parade into the Trump address this week. And, uh, you know, it's insulting. Not that these individuals, Muslims who have businesses and other things aren't people to be proud of, that I'd want my kids and their kids' kids to be proud of. But the only reason the Democrats brought them in was they wanted to say that Trump was a bigot, an anti-Muslim. And you can disagree with Trump's policies, etc., but 
But I would hope that Muslim diversity is not simply we're diverse because we're Muslim and 1% minority, but what is it about being diverse within the Muslim community? How is diversity defined within? We are not all Muslim Brotherhood, and just criticizing the Brotherhood does not mean you're anti-Muslim. And Americans should not be afraid to be against theocrats, be it the Saudi theocrats or Muslim Brotherhood. So, so, you know, and, and, you know, how is it that the Saudis can on the one hand tell us they're working with us against the Brotherhood, and on the other hand, deeply fund organizations in Washington, Bridges Initiative and others, that are so pro-Brotherhood it's nauseating. So on the one hand, the Saudi lobbyists in Washington tell us the biggest mistake we can make is to label the Brotherhood a terror organization. On the other hand, the Saudis themselves label them a terror organization. Wow. Why is anybody talking about that conflict? Now, if a group that is a Brotherhood, that is Islamist, condemns terrorism, I'd rather fight them publicly. So I get the fact that they're not a terror group, but these groups are not criticizing Islamism while they do it. Bridges Initiative wants to normalize the Muslim Brotherhood. Shadi Hamid and Brookings and Qatar want to normalize the Muslim Brotherhood as being some normal type of democratic party, when in fact it's majoritocracy. It's, it's a type of collectivism. It's not democracy, and it's not liberty, and it's certainly not freedom. So as you go to sleep tonight, this is the most important conflict. The work of secularists, liberals, and reformers against theocratic Islam is embodied in the battle in every country across the planet against the Muslim Brotherhood, their legacy groups, and especially their sympathizers. We need to fight the ideology of political Islam and especially its permutations that are Muslim Brotherhood-like, wherever they might be. This is Zudi Jasser on Reform This. Thank you and God bless you for joining me week to week. We'll be back. God bless. Reform This with Dr. Zudi Jasser on the Blaze Radio Network.